Welcome back. Hi. This is Trisha. And I'm Evangelist Lorianne, and we, we are, are just kicking, kicking it with Jesus. Jesus. Still. Still. <laughs> I'm going to get t-shirts made that say that. Still. <laughs> Still. Four seasons in. Still. Amen. Oh, man. So, <clears throat> yesterday I, was, I, I called you and I said, so what are we going to talk about? And I really had no clue. Like, and Jesus just really um, touched my heart. And he said, I want you to talk about who I am, what I did, what I am doing, mm -hmm. and how I'm always there. Whether you believe in me or you don't, and you curse me, and you hate me, and whatever. I want you to know that I'm always there. I don't care that you hate me. I don't care that you curse me. I don't care that you can't stand me. I'm still there. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I just feel in my heart that that really is the Lord's heart, not mine. Yeah. And so I want to I wanna talk about that. I want to talk first about, because you, you came in, and I know that God is speaking because you said something and it just went, ugh, because it's the heart of Jesus. You spoke on the woman that... What do I want to call them? I know that they're called Pharisees, but the ones that looked down their noses mm. at the people that weren't living right. And they brought this woman, so you take it over. So I, last night, I, we talked yesterday, mm. and I was like, I don't know. And I kind of was like, man, I don't want to not have something to talk about. And that's what I was laying in bed, and I was like, but I don't know what you want me to talk about, God. And I don't know why, but the woman that was brought to Jesus that was caught in adultery just kept coming into my mind. So I even like opened my phone and read it quickly on my phone right before I went to sleep and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna read that tomorrow morning. So I got up and I, in the morning this morning and I read it and I'm like, isn't that me? Isn't that us like as people? And not many people know this, but now everybody will know it. Whoever listens to the podcast. <laughs> I'm writing a book, right? So I'm on chapter nine and I'm in the part of my life where it was, I'm over 18 and you know, just I'm writing and I'm like, wow, I was so filthy, so dirty, so broken. And it's funny how you just used all the words like, he doesn't care if you hate him. I literally just wrote that in my book. I hate God. <laughs> I hated him. I knew he was real, but I hated him because how dare he put me in a family or put me in this life right right when I was in that point in my life. And it just all tied in together because then I'm I read, you know, the woman that was caught in adultery and I just feel like God's saying like what did Jesus do? When she was dirty and filthy, Come on. not even just physically but emotionally imagine being ripped out 
I mean, was she naked? Was she clothed? Oh, no, no, no. She was in the act. That's what it says, in the act. In so the she act. had to have been naked. They took her out, and now she's standing, obviously in a crowd of people. And instead, of, instead of Jesus staring at her, he bent down and was writing in the sand. And what is, like, bending down? Like, to me, that means, like, not in a defensive stance. Right? He's not being defensive. He's not there to judge her. He bends down and he's just writing like da 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 da. You know what I mean? And that's me. I hated Jesus. <laughs> I hated him. And then not having a dad growing up and not having a mom really for emotionally and not having a dad to like love me and show me what a love from a man is, mm. I just went and just was filthy right and jesus just shows me like even to like now how great he is and how much you know my husband was just saying because he just came back to the lord after eight years of praying Come on. three years faithfully praying and fasting for my husband but eight years is a long time yes ma'am and, and, and my husband is now fully back with Jesus, like talking to him and praying. And even him, he's like, I just feel sad because he knows that he's not worthy. Well, none of us are worthy, You're but right. Jesus did it anyway. This is what Jesus said to me, that you just said that. <clears throat> Salvation is a gift of grace alone. It's grace. You can't be good to get it you can't right. be good to keep it you can't and it's through faith alone right you have to somehow inside believe in jesus christ alone right. so all those dynamics the grace and jesus and faith they all work simultaneously together in this beautiful thing you know the woman caught in adultery let's let's even go deeper you know, I really feel like everything about that story is, is for her. Her redemption, her salvation, her grace, you know, her, him loving her. I look at Jesus and Trisha, he was... So, and I, I long and pray for this, I promise you. He was so lowly and so meek and so humble. Everything that you read, you know, and that is a form of love. I'm sorry, it just is. And that's so what he wants of us, right. you know. In different stages of people's lives, we come to Jesus at different stages, different ages. So if you're older, the world is beaten and battered you. Yeah. And depending on how fast you had to grow, you got a little more beaten and battered. Right. That's the truth. And I just really feel like <clears throat> that beautiful story of this woman being caught in adultery and the shame that she must have felt 
is is really a a replica, a story of us. Mm. It may not be adultery with a man or a woman, but adultery toward God. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything else is more important. Me making money, me yeah. climbing up a ladder, my husband, my wife, my children. Everything is adultery toward the Lord. And I, and I feel that. And we don't know any better. Or maybe we've backslidden. Meaning we used to walk with Jesus and now he's not the love of our lives. He doesn't take preeminence inside of us. Yeah. And that's adultery. You know? I'm sorry, but it is. I've been there. I know. And so, so the Lord just said to me, I really want you to shine a spotlight on me and let this be about me. I don't know about you, man, but I can feel the Holy Spirit so thick in the room. I can, like, yo. So <clears throat> the ones that, he, the, the scriptures that he gave me, we can read and we can talk about it. Mm. All right, so Jesus first gave me John 3, 5 through 8, and it says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, so mine is expanded. expanded with words a little bit. And Jesus answered, I assure you, and I most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised that, that I have told you, you must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it's coming from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now let me go back and say, when he says that you must be born of water and the Spirit, he's not talking about being baptized. Okay? I'm going to say that right now. What he means is everything is found in him. Mm. When they pierced his side, blood and water flowed. Yeah. Okay, so when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and for him to live there, that's what he gives. Purity, him, water, blood, a sacrificial um, lamb. It was his blood right. that redeemed us. He paid the price. We could never. And so his blood forgiving our sins and his and the water in his body purifies us and makes us clean right so <clears throat> in the wind blowing is you don't understand how it transpires right. when you just use words that say Jesus come into my heart live there I'm a sinner I know that my life is wrong. I know that some things that I do is 
my moral standards is wrong. Right. But it's more than that. His love for us. He says to the adulterous woman caught in the act, as all these religious men, and I'm gonna go as far as to say this, and I'm sure that we're gonna get a whole lot of messages about this one too, but hey. That's what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> there are a lot of people that you got saved, Jesus came into your heart, you're washed clean, you're good now, and you're walking this salvation thing out, and you're reading the word. And you know what the word says. And now all of a sudden, you take what you know, forgetting where you came from and how you got to where you got. And now you point the finger and go, hey, the Bible says that you're not supposed to do that. Mm. The Bible said, Jesus said, you're not supposed to live like that. Stop that. Stop with the pornography. Stop with the adultery. Stop with the fornication. Stop with the smoking. Stop with the drugs. Stop with the alcohol. God says no. And all the while, that log in your eye is the same size as the speck in the dude's eye or however way you look. Let's switch it because that's the way it goes. But <clears throat> hit your log, his speck, is the same. Right. You forgot that it was Jesus. You're trying to be Jesus' assistant. Come on. Good analogy. Great analogy. Because that is the truth. And we can't do that. Right. Because we put burdens on people that they can't carry. Right. And when they can't carry it, what do they do? Forget you. Right. And shame on us. Shame on us for doing that to them. Because Jesus Christ is the burden bearer. Mm -hmm. Not us. Right. Not us. And so. <clears throat> he. Uh, he brought me to. The book of Revelations in the first chapter. And he, Revelations 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who always loves us, and who has once and for all freed us or washed us, from our sins by his own blood and his sacrificial death. There's that word. Informed us into a kingdom as priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the power and the majesty 
and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me just say, seriously, this is going to sound rude when I say it. Jesus wants us to believe in him. Mm. Jesus wants us to receive him as Lord and Savior. He paid a beautiful price. But he's not this suffering. Jesus on a cross anymore. And his glory and power and majesty and dominion mm. will never stop because you don't believe. Right. It will never stop because you hate him. It will never stop because the church people hurt you. Right. If you give your pain over to him, if you speak to him about what is happening in you, him and only him will step in right. and fix it in you. He always goes to you first before he goes to the people. Right. Did I tell you that that's what I, not to go off the subject here. No, go. <laughs> you know how I said I woke up this morning and I was, just didn't know what I was reading, so I went into the book of Revelations. I read Revelations 1 today. Did you? That's where I went today. <clears throat> See, that's what I'm saying. Jesus is speaking and simultaneously. We just don't realize, because we didn't talk today at no. all. We talked yesterday, but we didn't talk today. And I just really feel like, <clears throat> and I said this to you a little while ago, in my prayer closet, <clears throat> as I was praying, I really feel like, and I know that you know people laugh when I say it, but I would have never, I would have never stepped into this position. Even though I knew there was a knock, I'm good. Mm. Send me out in the street, I, I'll do that, man. I'll even wrestle with demons inside people. I'll worship until they leave you. I'll pray until they leave you, but I, to sit and, and speak on God's behalf in front of a congregation of people inside of a building? Yeah, no, man. And Jesus set me up, man. He's, you see, everybody laughs, but for real, it's the truth. He set me up. He knew that I, he asked me to do the awakening. He knew I would do it for him. Because whatever he asks of me, I'll do. Except that. <laughs> it's like, don't ask that, though. Like, you already don't know. Ask that. You know I'm, my heart. I don't have to say it. <laughs> and so, and I think, Trisha, as I was praying, 2023 so far has been, I see it. I see it in church every week. People come in. Who are you? Who are you? Sprawled out on the altar. And God 
breaking the chains off of them. Mm. I mean, last week, young men at the altar, and I asked the men of the church to go and pray. And I was very specific what God put in my heart for him, for them to pray over him for. And so the men of the church, I'm not even gonna label them, but the men of the church went over to him and he laid out on the altar. And Trisha, the men are holding hands, man, and they're like, and all of a sudden, the men that, were, that came to church got up and walked over to this young man that was sprawled out on the altar. And I could hear one of the men that came to church saying, I rebuke every demon of drugs. I rebuke every demon. Wow. And I was like, yo. And then all of a sudden, the young man sprawled out on the altar I could hear him sobbing sobbing wow you can't tell me that Jesus isn't calling his yeah. people I mean those that are in the fire of life yeah. drug addiction ain't no joke for real, for real. ain't no joke I don't care methadone suboxone heroin cocaine I don't care what Crystal meth, I don't care. It's chains that are wrapped around your ankles. Yeah. And Jesus wants to break you free. You feel like I got I got a best friend, she, you know, a heroin addict. And I, I've said this, I've given this testimony before, but she'll say, I love heroin. Mm. Love it. But I just I hate the consequences that go along with it from God. She said, if I could do heroin without the consequences, I'd be straight. Wow. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a demon. Yeah. It's a demon. I don't care however way you want to look. It's a demon. Just like anything else. Pornography, any addiction. Right. Absolutely. I can... I can attest to that for sure. Yep. I mean, I've done ecstasy, so. See, I don't, I just said this to dad the other day. I couldn't do drugs. You know why? And it just dawned on me a couple years ago why. I have control issues. I, of my own self. Right. Like, to not have control of, no man. I can remember getting so drunk that I blacked out. There's times and spaces of my life that are gone. I, don't, I have no idea what happened. No idea. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I'm a control freak. No. If you didn't know that. No. <laughs> And then everybody that knows me that listens to this podcast are laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but Chasm? Yeah. No. <laughs> Chasm. But I I liked to smoke weed. I did. And I would still probably like to smoke weed if I could. 
because it just hugs your emotions. So it's like you're not in control, but you are in control. You know what I mean? Then I did ecstasy, and that was like the best drug I've ever done in my life. But you're out of control. And the things that you see, and it's yeah, see, no, I'm all set with that. I was just talking in my book about when I did shrooms. That's funny that we're talking about drugs because I just wrote in my book the time that I did shrooms. And, um, and I said it. That's the first time that I knew there's a spirit realm from these drugs. Absolutely. I, could, I, could, I couldn't see like I saw when I did ecstasy, but I could feel... I could feel it around me. I could feel it. It's definitely not the heavenly realm. No. It's definitely the demonic realm. We feel and, the darkness. <clears throat> and people would say, nah, I'm telling you. Yes, it is. That's why I don't understand how people do witchcraft. Like, how do you not feel that darkness? How do you feel like that's light? That doesn't even, even being around a witch, I can feel that darkness. You can now, but at one time you couldn't. The only reason why you can now is because your spirit belongs to Jesus. And so now he's given you a gift to discern between spirits. Mm. And even with that, not everybody has that. I used to, I don't anymore. You know why? Because I asked him, well, how come you not, how come you took it? And he said, because you asked me to love people genuinely mm. from your heart. You cannot love someone right. genuinely if you know that they're a witch and they really are practicing. Right. That's true. Spells and incantations and and putting stuff in the freezer <laughs> you know what I mean? like you won't love them from your heart if that's if you know that no you wouldn't you're right and so i'm like oi oi okay one or the other right and so i prefer with all of my heart i prefer to love someone genuinely. i should probably prefer to love somebody too but i am just a real person like i just want to know what's in front of me can you know what's in front of you without judging it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, then, no, I don't judge them for it. I, I don't judge them, but I feel bad that... I forgot to put my timer on, so I have to keep looking over there. Make no, sure no we're not worries. going over. <laughs> so I'm like seven minutes behind on my thing. Because we like to just keep talking and talking yeah, and talking, and then we're two hours tonight. in. I just feel bad that... I don't want that person, that witch or that warlock or whatever to go to hell. But I can feel the, the darkness around you in it. Mm. You know what I mean? I do. Like. You know, there's John Ramirez, I believe his name is. I think it was Puerto Rican. But even him, he, he was... He was a high rank in whatever, whatever, but his testimony is phenomenal. And he, I'm not even gonna try and speak for him, but he was, I don't know if it was a vision, it really happened, or it was a dream. 
I don't know, but he was in a, a a subway train mm -hmm. that's underground. Yeah. And it stopped, and he said something like it was complete darkness. But listen to his testimony, John Ramirez, and <clears throat> it was phenomenal. And and the devil said, "You belong to me." And he just really wanted to know if this Jesus dude was for real, for real. If he was like on the up and up, like. Mm. And then when Satan was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it." I, he didn't say it, but I'm gonna call it like scared. Satan was like scared, and he was trying every tactic that he could get to keep this this guy. I mean, he would go. I don't care what anybody believes. I don't care what anybody says. Prayers work. Right. But curses work too. Right. Absolutely. So when he was sent on assignment to go into a neighborhood and to curse the neighborhood with poverty, to curse the neighborhood with alcoholism, to curse the neighborhood with drug addiction, those neighborhoods, guess what? But he said there was times where he would be sent into a neighborhood and he couldn't do anything because there was people that would pray over their neighborhood, you know? And so that just goes to show we just diverted off of everything, but <laughs> it just goes to show that you think that your words or the prayers that you pray inside your mind are null and void mm. no man Jesus hears them and Jesus honors them absolutely he honors them and he answers them it may not be in your time frame but he does answer them well it's definitely not in your time frame come on sure. I mean I want to I want to Revelations 3, and I don't know why he, he, but Revelations 3, he's talking to the church of Laodicea. Good thing you said that. <laughs> I've been saved for a long time, so. And really, he's just talking about, let, let me just say. He's talking about, he's talking to the people, and I believe that the church of Laodicea is today. Okay? You don't have to believe me. I don't really know about that church, so I'd have to, like, research it. I believe it is the churches of today. And he says, listen, I've got something against you. I need for you to open yourself up and listen to me. You're not cold. You're not hot. You're this, you're this lukewarm, this coffee that's been sitting out. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's not iced coffee. It's not hot coffee. It's that, ew, yeah. coffee. That's what you are in your Christianity. And I'm ready to spit you out of my mouth because I just can't. I just can't. Either backslide completely or be on fire for me. Right. 
But all this religious guck right in the middle, I'm almost done. He says, I know your deeds. Let me just read the whole thing. How about that? To the divine messenger of the church of Laodicea write, these are the words of the amen. The so be it. Amen means so be it. The trusted and the faithful and the true witness. The beginning and origin of God's creation. I know your deeds. That you are neither cold, invigorating, refreshing, nor hot, healing, and therapeutic. I wish that you were either cold or you were hot. So because you're lukewarm, you're spiritually useless. You're neither hot nor cold. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. Yo, man. I have it highlighted actually in my book. It's so powerful. Yo, let me just say this. I'm just going to say this. You drive from Connecticut to Pawtucket every Friday. I have no time with my man. He goes to bed at 7 o'clock at night. We eat dinner and he takes a shower and he goes to bed. I have Saturday because Sunday I preach all day. You, same thing. Your man works all day. Why do we do the podcast? For this moment right now. Right. Do you know Jesus? Right. Well, for me, because I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want Jesus to look at me and, and say, reject you with disgust. Right. Right. Because I want people to know the Jesus that I know, that who answers prayers, that I may have been praying hard for three years, but he answers prayers like that. And all that three years just gone away, erased from my mind because he answered it. Know that Jesus, because it had to take three years because he was, it wasn't me. It wasn't a prayer for me. It was a prayer for my husband who he was working in. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I don't want to be lukewarm. That's why I'm saying, like, in total, eight years. In total, eight said. years. Right. In total, eight years. So tell me why, if what I'm saying is not the truth, if what I'm saying and what God gave me this year and next year is going to be like an explosion of people wanting yearning mm. in a different kind of way jesus not this religious right they don't even care about what's right and what's wrong they'll leave that to jesus right and they want and, him right and they should and so tell me why in eight years it wasn't seven years right why now why in the awakening right because that's where we are laodicea Let's keep going. Because you say I am rich and I'm prospered and I'm gr I've grown wealthy and I have need of nothing. 
and you do not know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. You're without hope, and you're in great need. So, Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich. Mm. And what he's saying is your bondages refined in fire. So when my girlfriend was getting clean off of heroin, if you, if you have anybody in your life that they've ever talked to you or you've gone through it and you've gotten clean from, you are being refined from the inside out. It hurts, man. Mm. When you're being delivered from some kind of bondage and you just want to go back for a minute, you just, one time, just one time, you're being refined by fire. It's like this tug of war that takes place inside of you. Mm. He says, buy from me. Speak to me about this thing. Give it to me. And when you give it to me, I will come and I will, I will pull it out. It's going to hurt you. But I've got this. Trust me. Trust me. And white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that your shame of your nakedness will not be seen and healing self to put on your eyes so that you may be able to see. This is what I wanted to tell you. This is what I had underlined that he gave me. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and I discipline, showing them their faults and instructing them so to be enthusiastic and repent and change their inner self, your old way of thinking and your sinful behavior. Seek God's will. Listen. Behold, Jesus stands at the door of your heart and continually knocks. Let me say that again. Jesus stands at the door and continually knocks. That's what it says. Now, let me say this. For all the pastors, all the preachers that say Jesus will stop knocking because you ain't opening up the door. The only time Jesus stops knocking is when you're dead. Mm. That's right. He loves you so much that he continuously right. knocks at the door of your heart. He does. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will eat with him and I will restore him. And he will be with me because he is mine. Listen, Jesus is not, I don't care what you think, I don't care how much you hate him, I don't care how much nonsense you write on my kicking it with Jesus 
right. on Facebook. Just go ahead. I mean, I have at it. Right. It makes you feel better. But the, that doesn't stop the truth from being the truth. Right. He stands at the door of your heart. He knocks at your door. And he longs for nothing more than to restore you, heal you, pull out your brokenness, refine you with fire, and purge all that pain out and pour his joy in. Mm. If, if you can't stand him because you think he's a punk, if love is a punk, I don't know what to tell you about that. But that's the one common denominator that all people in all the world have in common, Trisha. No matter how hurt they get by someone, an affair, you still want to be loved by someone. Right, exactly. Isn't that just so insane? As if and look, look, look. Nobody can love me like my man. I say it all the time. That's truth. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, Trisha, can Josh love you like Jesus can love you? Can Josh touch places and spaces inside of your heart that only Jesus can? Can he refine you with fire? And make you new? No. Why would we not want to? I think that... We're going to start wrapping up too, but I think that because, like you said in the beginning, we, as the church, even just lukewarm Christians, have hurt people. So they don't want that love. Which makes me sad because we get it wrong way more than we get it right. And we just hurt people along the way. And we damage them. We do. But I'm going to say this. No matter who it is. You can't do what you don't know. Right. And it's not a cliche, and it's not, I'm not justifying people's behavior. But I am going to say this. They're made of mud and dirt just like we are. Right. And at what point do we do what the Lord Jesus Christ has called us as believers to do? Forgive and let go. Yeah. The moment you forgive and let go, no matter, the moment you forgive and let go, for real, for real, you're free. And it's done. I uh, heard somebody say this before, and it's just so, it's so true. Like, how many times have you gone to McDonald's and they messed up your order? <laughs> and you keep going back to McDonald's, right? How many times are you going to run away from God because somebody hurt you in the church? God didn't hurt you. Ain't that the truth, though? That's a lot of truth right there. And so what do we do with that? 
keep going, hail Satan. Good for you, buddy. Uh, let's, let's, seriously, I mean, because listen, most people, most people, they hail Satan and they talk all that demonstrative nonsense because somebody's hurt you. Yeah. And you don't know how to... Let go. Forget. Move on. Jesus didn't do it to you. People did. Right. And you like a knucklehead, and I don't mean that bad, but you like a knucklehead. Blame Jesus for what they did. Right. Everybody forgets that we all have a free will to do what we want to do. Exactly. You want to act foolish and re religious like the Pharisees? Have at it, man. But remember, when Jesus bent down, and I believe this with all of my heart, he started writing sins out, man. You know, I thought about that. Like, wonder what he was writing on the ground. I believe in, you know, they do say he was writing sins of the Pharisees, of what they've gone through and then he said if you are without sin yo huck the first stone then right throw it throw it and they couldn't they dropped it the oldest to the youngest because they saw the sin hmm. and then he said to her your sins are forgiven you go and sin no more he didn't judge her. He didn't judge her, Trisha. Right, just go and not do it again. Don't do it anymore. I think at that point, I think she learned a lesson, man. I think she learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you read scripture, From the Old Testament into the New. All three of them, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are always going after. What the world calls broken, low lives, never going to amount to nothing. You're nothing but a prostitute. You're nothing but a drug addict. God always reaches for them. Because they're the ones that are broken. Mm. Those are the ones that will be the generals and the soldiers in the army of the Lord. And he comes and he refines us with fire. And that fire never stops. I've been saved 20 plus years. That fire doesn't stop. Try and do something that's against God. For real. <laughs> See what happens. <clears throat> He'll get you. You can try to pretend and run away and look the other way, but. So. <clears throat> I just want to say. I'm going to look that way. I'm going to look that way. Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> if, if Jesus touched your heart with what we said, 
Or maybe you can feel the spirit just like we can in the room. If people have hurt you and you blame God for that, I ask that you would talk to Jesus about that. Mm. And be you. Don't try and be religious. Be you. For those that used to walk with Jesus and you don't anymore. Repent. If you want him back and you feel like you can't, like it's a long, a long ways off and he could never forgive you because you should have known better, that's a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. For those that you have no idea what in the world I'm talking about, but you can feel something inside of your heart, and you know that your life is just not where it should be, you're doing things that make you feel shameful, you don't want to, you don't want people to know, you just... Mm. and you just don't know how to stop or talk to Jesus about it. Ask him to come into your heart. So let us pray for you. Precious Holy Spirit, as we come together, Father, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would touch every man or woman, child, that's listening to this. I pray that your light shine, Jesus. That you would stir hearts to come to a place of decision. That your Holy Spirit would stir the hearts of your people. Raise up a people, Jesus, that are not ashamed or embarrassed of you. Fill their hearts with your love. And let them be honest with you, Jesus, and only you. In the privacy of their car, their home, walking in the park, making dinner, at the gym. Have your way, Holy Spirit. We love you and we praise you, Jesus. I thank you. We thank you for knocking at our hearts and even giving us the desire to open our hearts to you because you are everything. You're the knock, you're the door, and you're the one that fills our hearts to open the door. So we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. That was a good one. Until yeah. next time. We are just kicking it with Jesus. God bless you.